I promise you, you will increase exponentially your statistical success and you will pitch and share visions to increase your statistical success in whatever you want to share. This is The Playbook. Pitching to me is the most essential part of life. And because pitching is sharing a vision and you need to learn to share a vision, let's talk about the pitch. The first thing in pitching is one that's often overlooked, but it's the most essential. And I talk about it all the time, and it's called the truth. The perfect pitch is the closest to the truth as possible. And the reason is, is that when we stray from the truth in our pitching, when we stray from the truth in the features and benefits and capabilities, when we stray from the truth uh, in our articulation of the quantitative value, we then lead the listener into skepticism, voids, shortages, obstacles, into a mindset of resistance instead of open-mindedness, open-heartedness, and open-handedness. It's not just what we do, say, think, and believe. It's that true feeling, as you'll find out, that helps us align this vision with others. So what I want you to do is to, from this day forth, practice being truthful. Practice spending minutes and moments in the manipulation, overselling, backend selling, lying, cheating that occurs every day in the human nature, in the aspect of the ego, but practice telling the truth. Practice catching yourself when you're exaggerating everything with a fine tooth comb of how close to your highest self you can live, how close to the higher self you can do, say, think, believe, and feel. And when we look at things through a lens of credibility, and I'm talking a fine tooth uh, comb lens of credibility. So if you say things like, oh, our revenue's up 300%, think to yourself, is that the most credible thing to say? Because I did $3 of revenue last year and I'm doing $9 of revenue this year. Yes, it's truthful that my revenue is up 300%, but it is misleading. It's overselling. It's a little bit of backend selling. There's a variety of things. And even if I'm telling the truth, it may put someone's mindset or perspective or give meaning to my pitch that I don't want, which is what else is he clouding? What else is he or she straying from in the truth? And that is not where we want to share our vision. We do not want to have skepticism and resistance in what we're saying. We want that free flowing of what we do say, think, believe, and feel to come through at its highest level. So I want everyone to readjust their credibility thermometer, their credibility barometer, and make sure that we are very careful in practicing credibility. Speaking of practice, this is a skill. You know, if you play golf, you, you, you got to swing the golf club if, if, you, if you want to hit the ball. And you have to be credible and practice credibility in all the different steps uh, that we have to take in order to be credible. So make sure that you're looking in the mirror, you're taping yourself, you're practicing pitching friends, families, and other people that can give you honest feedback and ask for that feedback, especially where am I not credible in what I'm saying? Uh, so make sure that we do that. Uh, I tell people all the time, you know, they'll say, oh, I'm too nervous to speak. And I'll say, well, come on stage and clap once and leave. And they're like, what are you talking about? I said, well, if you can come on stage without being nervous and clap once, 
would you be nervous? And they're like, no, not at all. I'd love to come on stage and clap once. Terrific. Then get to the point with your pitch or your speech that it's the same comfortable, flowing, confident that you have if I just asked you to clap once and walk away. When you reach that clap standard, you will know that you're ready to pitch. Number one rule of the perfect pitch, which by the way, some people have said that it's like drinking through a fire hose in my trainings and I go through things too quickly and there's no time. Just I'll send you the exercise and guide in the replay so you can go ahead and learn this. It'll take, even if I talk this slow as a turtle, you're not gonna get this the first time. So we wanna make sure if you want that guide on the perfect pitch guide that you get that from me, it's free. I'll email it to you, david at dmelter.com, david at dmelter.com. So number one, credibility, fine tooth comb of truth. I should call it the fine truth comb. All right, anyway, number two, the second component of a perfect pitch is the emotional side of it. We have to understand that people buy on emotion for logical reasons, right? We buy on emotion for logical reasons. So we have to make sure that we understand the energy and emotion, that feeling that we're talking about. People remember how they felt about your pitch more than what you say. People remember how they feel about this training more than what I say. And so we have to be cognizant of how can I create an emotional attachment? And I will tell you, when we are speaking of in a pitch or asking questions of what people like and don't like, this is where the emotional aspect comes in. We also can utilize humor. I prefer to get to the quantitative, what do you like about what you're doing today? What don't you like about what you're doing today? What do you like about what I'm talking about? What don't you like about what I'm talking about? What do people like about what I'm talking about? What do people don't like what I'm talking about? And would it help you if, and then providing that quantitative value with would it help you if. If you do not have an emotional connection with those who are you trying to share a vision with, you will not be able to share the energy and emotion and you will not succeed. It's that simple. People talk about trust and like, that's an emotion. Trust is an emotion, like is an emotion. We get there by being more interested than interesting. We don't get there by overselling, back end selling, lie manipulating, cheating, yelling. It doesn't work. We want people to understand electronic, vibrational frequency that's connected to them that makes them feel as if this has quantitative value. We can practice as well the emotional aspect by utilizing open-ended questions in our daily lives, utilizing open-ended questions about what do you do, what do you like and what you don't like, and what it help you if. Get down those three different questions and your life will change. It'll be the precept to being more interested than interesting. One of my goals and brands is to be the world's most interested man, not the world's most interesting. I know the Dos Equis guys has that captured anyway. Uh, be, be more interested, my friends, right? Ask open-ended questions to find out where that service and value is, but also to create an emotional connection uh, to someone to find out what they like or don't like. Furthermore, the third step of a perfect pitch is to be able to articulate, that means to speak of, the quantitative value of what you're pitching, product, service, or solution. 
yourself, whatever it may be. You have to be able to articulate this quantitative value. And in order to articulate uh, quantitative value, it takes an extraordinary amount of thought and practice because we want to think about what are the reasons economically, what are the reasons mathematically that will exceed what I'm asking for? What are the quantitative reasons of the product, service, or solution that I'm talking about that will exceed what I'm asking for? Because that's where the statistical success of a pitch comes in, is that if we are credible, and remember, if I'm 100% credible, you'll do whatever I say. If I have an emotional attachment that creates the trust and like, then if I'm well rehearsed in the practice of the math, of the quantitative value to exceed what I'm asking for, statistically, the person can see no reason why they wouldn't want to move forward. And the articulation of that quantitative value needs a lot of understanding of the circumstances and situation because we have to understand three things, time, because time will be the mathematical man-made construct that allows us to put a dollar and cents valuation to the reasons in which somebody should share this vision or quantitatively invest in what we are doing, which that investment should have the confidence, the credibility and emotional attachment to be less than what they're going to receive. Because if it is, they won't be able to see any reason they wouldn't want to move forward. And in order to do that, we have to reconcile time with value and the emotions. And uh, to quantify and articulate the quantification, we have to address all of the math and its relationship to time, value, and emotion. Why? Because in the end, whether someone does it up front or in the back end, the analysis of what they have in a perfect pitch is does it align with, is it synergistic with, is it even supplementary to my timing and risk tolerance? And if we inherently can align what we're doing through the articulation of the quantitative value, then we're going to have a statistical success far greater than those that are just using overselling, backend selling, lying, manipulating, and cheating as their forefront in selling or sharing a vision or pitching. In order to be effective within alignment of credibility, emotional attachment, we have to do the mathematical work based on time, value, and emotion that allows us to create a number that we could ask for or a value that we could ask for that exceeds what we're asking for. If we haven't accomplished that, we will not have statistical success in a pitch. So we need to make sure that these three things, the credibility, the emotional attachment, and the quantification, the articulation of that quantification is effective in sharing a vision. Now, most people will say, when we share a vision that we're done, or a lot of people say you're 80% done when someone says, yes, I'd like to move forward. But how many yeses I'd like to move forward actually result in payment? Well, first of all, you know, it's been my experience that 20% of the entire pitch process uh, is selling, 80% is collecting. Uh, so we're already at a statistical disadvantage when we think that somehow when we share a vision in the third step of pitching, to be able to articulate a quantitative value to exceed what we're asking for and get a confirmation of that value with a shared vision of, yes, I'd like to move forward, that we're only 20% done. 
absolutely they're only 20% done because the majority of the work in pitching is now to reconcile the shared vision by managing and developing that vision. And, you know, in that pitch, we need to manage and develop the vision. And we do that through a five-step process. And it's utilizing the ability to stimulate the interest of that vision and transition it to this shared vision. But more importantly, we need to create a plan of execution in the pitch. We have to take them beyond where we're at in the perfect pitch to manage and develop and let themselves see where they're at and how it applies specifically to them. In order to do so in that pitch, we need to take the quantifiable value and ask the application in their perfect circumstance. And I use certain uh, strategies in that pitch in order to effectuate managing and developing the vision by seeing and doing research, by being more interested than interesting to know who we're pitching to, to understand the spectrum of what those values are. So many times we go into a situation and we are just happy to have a pitch and we don't realize the power of a no so that we can ask for the greater good, which is, do you know anyone that can help me? One of uh, the key things while we are pitching is to read the person to understand, you know, and how, how many times do we pitch and the person says to us, well, you know, I, I love this. You know, this is great. That's the worst thing I can hear wh- wh- when I'm pitching, because I know that there's no way that in the short amount of time, especially, you know, two minutes or one minute in a shorter pitch, that someone would love this, I'm in trouble. If they challenge me, if they ask me questions, if I have to manage and develop that vision within the context of their particular situation, the success that I have is exponential because I know that they're thinking about how they can apply it through managing and developing the vision to their own particular circumstance, either financially, emotionally, or some sort of power sponsorship of somebody else that they know. Uh, so make sure that we're managing and developing a vision while we're pitching uh, to get a read on you know, body movement by comments and questions in order to figure out the credibility, emotional attachment, and vision that we've been able to share. One of the other aspects of asking questions or managing to develop a, a vision in, in a pitch is we understand how they hear us. So many times, you know, it's not what we say, it's what we hear. That's my favorite Lou Holtz quote, the Notre Dame coach, you know, and we think the whole room, it's kind of like understands what we're talking about. And it, it's so funny because so many times you'll take a test and think you aced it. And that's when you're in the most trouble because you didn't know what you didn't know uh, in order to miss this is when you're worried about a test sometimes because you know so much about the subject matter that you do very well. I think the same holds true in pitching and understanding, you know, that credibility, the emotional attachment, as well as being able to articulate the quantitative value, allow you to manage and develop that vision to have the impact that it has. So the first step is credibility. The second step is emotional attachment. The third step is, of course, that articulation of quantitative value, the reasons. The fourth step is impact. 
more than ever today when we're pitching, you have to show this impact. And if you're not managing to develop that vision, you cannot find the impact in what you're doing. So many people today want to know how this impacts them or others. And if you can't show that purpose or cause tied into your pitch, you are decreasing the efficiency of the pitch, one, to the statistical success of it. So make sure that the impact that you have is aligned with the quantitative value, the reasons that we have, and the emotional aspect and the credibility, the fine tooth comb of truth. Impact today can be within the context of global impact. It could be in a local community impact, or it could be in a personal impact. But your pitch must have impact. And that impact today has risen as far as its importance because of our cultural changes, because of our own elevation of frequency or awareness and enlightenment. Finally, the fifth step is the capability step, is the features and benefits. So many people pitch only on features and benefits. If you're pitching on features and benefits, you're a lost cause. You are a- absolutely wow. right on. You are absolutely, go ahead and mute, mute that for a second. You're absolutely playing with fire in the realm of overselling, back and selling, lying, manipulating, and cheating. If all you're doing is pitching features and benefits with no alignment, no credibility, emotional attachment, quantitative reasons articulated, Uh, correctly, as well as impact, those features and benefits, which believe it or not, the majority of the people do, which is sell on features and benefits, just go into uh, a lot of people who sell insurance or cars, realtors, a lot of times, all they're doing is selling features and benefits. I was with a guy named Josh Flagg, who's on the million dollar listing. And it was so interesting, because he actually uses features and benefits as a concern as an arsenal to build his credibility, to build the emotional attachment, to allow him to articulate the quantitative value. So what he'll do when he's selling these multi-million dollar listings is he actually will use the features and benefits that are bad or dangerous about a house. So he'll point out, you know, I really don't like this bathroom. Look at the, you know, the water damage over here. Look at the uneven this and by using features and benefits to add credibility that he's not selling, he's not overselling, he's not back-end selling, but instead he's using features and benefits to build credibility by pointing out the truth. He's also has an emotional attachment that they're being protected by him. He's also then capable of quantifying, articulating the value that although there's the cracks in the cement, you know, it still holds this value and you can repair it for this much. And he's using these features and benefits, the negative features and benefits, the dangerous features and benefits to infuse all of the components of a pitch. That's the purpose of capabilities. You don't have to point out all the bad things about uh, or illuminate all the bad things about your product service or solution or what you're selling but you can illuminate them and utilize them as an arsenal, positive and negative features and benefits. Use it as an arsenal to infuse value into the credibility, to draw in more emotional attachment, to talk about the quantified value or articulate the quantifiable value, the dollar's time value and emotion that's created so that it exceeds what they're asking for, what you're going to offer, and then show that impact 
you know, this, for example, in the real estate situation is the most important decision, economic decision of most people's lives, buying a house. But do not sell on features and benefits and capabilities. You will run the danger of ruining a sale through the identification of overselling, back-end selling, lying, manipulating, and cheating. If you pitch and practice each of these, so credibility, emotional attachment, quantify reasons, impacts, and capabilities. If you practice this, you will be on a journey. Uh, and people ask me all the time, Dave, do you still practice you know, your pitch? Yeah, almost every day. Almost every day I'm practicing my pitch. I'm looking at these five things and like, why are you practicing? I'm like, well, cause I'm you know, just starting to get good. You will expand and grow on one of the most important things that we can do. And it doesn't, what I love about Two Minute Drill, the show that we have, it's not just pitching a product. It's not just pitching a solution or service. It's also can be pitching your five-year-old to eat broccoli. Right, we're looking at, and you can win fifty thousand dollars of cash and prizes simply for being a great pitcher of whatever idea, whether it's real or not, uh, whatever it is. If you're able to hold these components and others, and we've had some, you know, extraordinary pitches of things that you would probably never invest in. One of the reasons that I created the pitch side of it is that all of the great shows, the great entertaining shows like Elevator Pitch, like you know, Dragon's Den, like Shark Tank, the funding side uh, of what we're teaching on these TV shows, including me, is not realistic, right? There's no way that people are giving money off of a pitch without doing due diligence to check what? The credibility, to regulate the emotional attachment, to verify the quantitative value that's been articulated, to enhance or decrease the impact and to understand the features and benefits as they have infused more value into each of these components. So the funding side uh, of it requires much more work kind of in that managing and developing of a vision from when we get a shared vision at the end of a pitch, right? The, the objective of a pitch is to share a vision. The objective of funding is to verify that vision that it's going to make more money than we invest. And we can't do that on a TV show. The majority of people, even that have successful yeses, uh, we talk about that 2080 rule, that holds about true on TV as well. When you're done pitching and you share a vision, you're only 20% of the way there. Even on the TV show, if even if someone says, yeah, we'll fund you, we'll give you $2 million for 30% of your company like they do on many of the TV shows. Well, guess what? Only 20% of those people or so are successful. Why? Because it doesn't vet out. It doesn't match up. And then we lose all credibility or the circumstances, time value, or emotions change. And it goes on both sides. You know, I have had people pitch on my other show where we do fund you, tell us, you know, after we have a deal, oh, sorry, my board didn't accept it. The valuation's way off. We can't take a down round. Or this was just for exposure and branding and entertainment. It goes on both sides. So there's nothing wrong with those TV shows. And the lessons that can be learned, you know, maybe on the pit side, but the valuation and funding, managing, developing a vision takes much longer. You need a go, no-go plan. You have a variety of things that need to be done. So I like creating a pitch show 
and allowing people to pitch whatever they want. So even if you don't have a business, uh, if you just want to learn how to pitch, if you just want to go ahead and get and win prizes and cash, come on the show. Let's learn how to get five-year-olds to eat broccoli or you know, pitch a podcast or a TV idea or something else. We, we love to see it and people can learn so, so much from that. Just to finish up this end, and then we're going to take some Q&A. So make sure you put the Q&A in. If you want the perfect pitch guide, I will go through this. You can have the replay tied into a guide and go ahead and really learn and practice every day. You know, number one, that fine tooth comb of truth called credibility, the most prioritized thing in a pitch to make sure, like I said, if you're 100% credible, you will be 100% successful. Two, emotional attachment. People buy on emotion for logical reasons. I'll give you that templated open-ended questions uh, of what people like, don't like, and would it help you if finding out if people are sponsors or power sponsors, emotional attachment is crucial. Three, the quantitative, the hardest part, articulating quantitative value. I have a reasons, impacts, and capabilities guide that helps to give you the questions that allow you to figure out how time is reconciled with value and emotion in order to create a number so that that number can exceed the number that you're asking for in any of those areas, time, money, or value. We need to create a number that exceeds the number you're asking for. Impact is crucially important. Understanding how and what impact people are looking for. It's just not a matter of, you know, if you impact middle-aged white men, that may not be a big uh, value to some people. <laughs> so make sure that you understand who and what is impacted and how it's aligned with the person that you're pitching. And then finally, most importantly, the features and benefits. Do not sell on features and benefits. Features and benefits, positive features and negative features, illuminate those, are of equal value when they're utilized to infuse more credibility, more emotional attachment, a higher number, and greater impact. That's aligned with the audience that you're addressing. If you have that credibility, emotional attachment, <clears throat> the quantifiable reasons, that number to exceed what you're asking for, the impact and use your features and benefits, both positive and negative to infuse time, value, and emotion in the credibility, emotional attachment, reasons, impacts, and capabilities. I promise you, you will increase exponentially your statistical success and you will pitch and share visions to increase your statistical success in whatever you want to share. Practice, practice, practice. Get as good until it feels as if you're just clapping your hand. 